Revolution Laundry. The self-service 18kg Revolution Laundry machine can wash and dry your bedding, curtains, outdoor furniture, throws, car covers or mats for as little as €10. We are located all across Ireland in mainly large supermarkets and forecourts. Find your nearest Revolution Laundry machine on our website www.revolutionlaundry.ie Don't miss out on our Facebook giveaway to win a week worth of free washing. Revolution Laundry is partnered with Tesco, Circle K, Supervalue, Apple Green and independent sites. Our machines are for domestic use only. The Business Hour podcast is kindly sponsored by photo-me.ie Hi, Jim McCausland here, presenter of the Business R Show on Ross FM. Just dropping by to let you know the Business R Show airs every Thursday from 5pm to 6pm on Ross FM 94.6. To listen in, visit rossfm.ie forward slash live or download my weekly podcast from anchor.fm forward slash the Business R Show. Text your questions and comments to 083 85-99-748 or info at rossfm.ie The Business R Show supporting local and international business through local radio. Hello, so we're in uh, Robert Flynn's store today in the Square Castlery. I'm joined by Tom Flynn, Robert Flynn's son. Uh, welcome to the show today, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Tom, first of all, I'm, I'm sitting in your store today and I'm looking around and it's an absolutely beautiful store. I think I said to you earlier, uh, the character of it, the welcoming nature of it, it's an absolute credit to you. Well, thank you, thank you. No, we, didn't, we don't think of it in that way at all, to be accurate. But right. thank you at the same time. Uh, Tom, can you tell me a wee bit about where you were born and raised yourself? Born and boy. Yep. Boyd, St. Patrick Street, Boyd. Just down from the Herald Works. And uh, how many siblings have you? Well, brother, of course I have brothers and sisters, but I have no, des- no descendants now. I have a brother and two sisters. So tell us a wee bit about uh, your business here. When did it start? Well, my father started in Boyd in 1928. He came here in 1945, March 1945, and from that to the present day. We were 90 years in business there, there in, in two years ago. Yeah. Three years ago, to be accurate. And when your dad uh, started up the business, what was his motivation? Why, why did he decide that he wanted to get into having a shop? He worked in town as a young lad in, in uh, Paul Caffey's grandfather's store in St. Patrick Street in Castree 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was there, he was there for... 19, about 1910 or 1912 until 1928 and he opened himself and went down to Boyle mm-hmm. but he always felt he belonged in this town and it was the ambition that he comes back yeah. come back to town and that he did yeah. and he just he decided that he wanted to open his own business and yeah well he had opened in Boyle for 1928 right. to 45 so he did mm-hmm. so he, he, he'd done relatively well down there What's your own first memories of school and that? Well, you, you went to school in town, did you? I went to school in Boyle first. My father brought me down on the bar of the, the, the bicycle from St. Patrick Street down to, down to the, 
the convent school, of course. I'd say that was a bumpy journey. Well, it was a very unique one for me. And as you remember, it is clear. So the nun school. And what's your early memories of the school itself? Well, I suppose it wouldn't be any different to anyone else, you know. Mm-hmm. In those days, like school was school, and there was not nothing particular about it. Yeah. Of course, we got many a scorching, so we did. Yeah. And good tipping a lot of time we needed it a lot of the time that we did. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on from that, there. What was your first job when you started working here? I was in school in Balladrine in St. Nancy's in St. Nancy's in Collington for three years. And then when the summers came of that year, I sort of adopted in here and didn't come, didn't go back. Uh-huh. And I'm here since. So, and what was it like when you, you first started out and you're working in the family business? I speak to a lot of different people and they would say to me, it can be a bit of a challenge from time to time working in the family business. You're working in the business and you're coming home to the family and it's... But shit, no. when you grow up in the place, you don't notice. Mm-hmm. You grow into the thing un- unaware of yourself. Un- 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 we wouldn't be aware of it at all, like, no bother. Mm-hmm. And was it always your idea to come into working in a shop? Or Not wor- necessarily. No? No. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want you to be a steam engine driver, a train driver. <laughs> that's that's a, a very different path <laughs> from working <laughs> in the shop. You have steam trains on the brain. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's one in town too in the Hell's Kitchen. Well that's not there. a steam train, it's just diesel. It's a diesel one? Yeah, but I'm in the real one with the boiling water, like <laughs> Yeah. The proper job. The real thing. Now do you do you pass from du- Dublin to um, yeah. from Dublin to Claire Morris excursions going to knock on a Sunday and back again and I wouldn't miss one of them. I'd hear the whistle outside outside town and be on my bicycle to the station. Yeah. To watch them pass. You've you have been in the town now for a long time. Yep. You must have seen a lot of changes in the town. Well, uh, huge, huge changes. Yeah. From donkeys and animals and carrots to what you see out there today. Mm. Yeah. Has it all been for the better? Well, good question. Mm. There was a lot of poverty then those times. Mm. But then we were, I think we were a healthier race. Mm. Have, uh, I suppose people had more of an appreciation like you might have had less then, but you had more of an appreciation for what you did have. Well, it's about they had natural foods and it was all produced, so it was. It was all produced locally. Like yeah. in the country, they kill two pigs every year and the growth buds and bacon and cabbage and all the rest of it. And yeah. that's what we lived on. Now it's all processed and it's covered and there are what ingredients in it. Yeah. There's chemicals and preservatives and... I'm afraid it's not as safe as we think it should be. No. Yeah. The town over that time, it's grown a lot. There, there's more of a population now. There, since when, when you first came to the town, would you say? Would there be more of a population, I suppose, now? Yep. But mm. the population at that time remained in the town and they shopped in the town. Mm. They didn't go out of town to shop, you see. Yeah. And, of course, there weren't any superstores or anything like that then. Yeah. And there was... Well, the town was for the full. It was full of shops. Mm-hmm. I think there was over thirty pubs in it. Yeah. There isn't a shadow of that now, and every one of them reared a family. That's not happening nowadays. No. A lot of people talk about the decimation of rural Ireland, at and like I would, I work in businesses, and you see, you see students coming along that grew up in Ross Common, and a lot of the time, 
when they qualify from university, they have to leave the county to go and work in other places to get jobs and all this here. Where do you think that rural Ireland's going at the minute? Good question. No, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be well up enough to be able to say that. But I remember now in the early years, the 1950s, mm. 1960s, that railway station platform was strung below what they called the boat train at four o'clock to Hollyhead, and it was crowded every every other day. So we're going off in the thousands to England, but yeah. that's not the case at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Again, coming back to a lot of people talking about decimation of rural Ireland, it's very hard. Uh, maybe maybe the COVID thing has given an, us an opportunity because of the fact that people can now start working from home on computers. And it means that they don't have to live in places like Dublin sure, or the, yeah, Cork. Stuck, stuck, stuck in some place that they could do without, without being in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, the, when you look down this town, all the places that are closed, mm-hmm. even this street alone, yeah. they're all over the town closed doors and they don't look good. But the the fact that people can now work from home and work on these computers and that, maybe it will it'll turn a corner for rural areas and rural businesses, because if they come back, they have to be fed, they have to go out and get the paper of or course, whatever. Sure, sure, they have uh, to live locally and eat locally. Uh-huh. Yeah, and sure. Maybe, maybe that'll turn the tide a wee bit on things, because while jobs in the city may pay significantly more. You also pay significantly more for rent to, to and, live in, oh, yeah, yeah. and to travel and sure, sure. stuck in congestion and bumper yeah. to bumper and all that there. Costs a fortune to live in Dublin. Yeah. I believe you drive yourself to, when did you pass your test, Tom? Oh, not that long ago, about 19, 1970s. 1970s? Yeah. And do you still drive? I do. You do? No, very little. Aye. Very little. I remember there the, in a year or so. I'd 500 kilometres for the year. You wouldn't call that excessive. No, you definitely wouldn't. No. You wouldn't. I uh, haven't get a great interest in driving anyhow, so I haven't. No? No, not really. What was your first car? Oh, a Fiat 750, I think. A Fiat 750? Yeah. Uh, a yoke of a thing. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you had to keep your fingers crossed or it wouldn't start. <laughs> but I, it was more interesting than the yeah. cars that do start. Yeah. But that's what my dad said. Yeah. That is exactly what my dad said. My dad used to, he passed his test at 45, and um, thankfully he's still in great health living yeah, in sure, Belfast. Sure. And he used to have an Austin Montego. Yeah, I've heard it, the name, yeah. It was. <laughs> it wasn't the most reliable car. And he used to say to me, it goes on a wing and a purr. <laughs> sure. And uh, he would say to me, why would you want a new car? He says, same new cars have no character to them. When you turn it on, it comes on every time. Sure. With these old cars, you not never ne- know. Not necessarily, Jared, <laughs> when you want them. Yeah, not necessarily. I know that's something we have in common. Uh, when I first passed my test, the first car I, that I got was a Fiat Panda. Yeah, I heard, I it, was a, it was a tiny wee car and it had a manual choke on the side and it had this uh, the spur wheel in the engine in the front. Sure. And I would bring that car regularly to mechanics to get serviced and they would tell me, no, I'm not looking near that. And, and that was my clue to, 
that mightn't have been the best choice of car for me to have. <laughs> but I know in the winter time of the year that Fiat car, in the cold weather, it had to put a sheet of cardboard in front of the uh, the what is fan. Yeah. To keep the keep the cold air out, and yeah. in the summer take it away. Uh-huh. Tom, what age were you when you first took over the shop from your father, Robert? Oh, nineteen sixty-five. What age was that? What was that? But was twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Tom. How has the shop actually changed? I believe it used to have a bar in the back. This was a pub here where we're sat, where we're sitting, sitting. Yeah. As far as that arch there. Uh huh. Yeah. The front part was grocery. Yeah. The counter went along there and up along the side here, and the shelves were all around. So you had to come into the shop, walk through the shop, and That's right. go into the bar. That's right. Brilliant. But I, when my father died, I had no interest in pubs, yeah. uh-huh. and I got rid of it. Yeah. And it's still gone to the present day and we put our drink up in the fair corner. Yeah, yeah. Which is still there. So someone could come in, get their newspaper, their loaf of bread and a pint of Guinness? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Tom, back uh, when your dad first bought the shop, was it expensive to buy the shop at that time? It or? was. Mm. He paid an awful, awful lot more than the going price of it. He mm. paid £4,000 in 1945. 1945. Now I understand the hotel next door was bought a year before that for 1150 And the man that was bidding against him sent it up and up, and that's what put it up to the 4000 He had 2000 and he had to borrow two. Yeah. And um, what were some of the, the products that you would have uh, sold back then that maybe don't exist now? Oh, bag meal was the big thing. Bag meal? Bag stuff, yeah. Uh, and of course... Yeah, that basically, I suppose that was the most thing out the back, or we sold a mountain of bag stuff. Yeah. For calves and fowl and pigs and the whole lot. Uh-huh. But that's basically gone. Yeah. And things like milk and bread and that there, would you have, over the years, would you have sourced that locally or...? Oh, the bread would be sourced locally, yeah. We had a very good bakery in town here, Dyer's Bakery at the end of the town. Yeah. And of course you had Boland's bread coming in from Dublin. Uh-huh. You had Brodrick's from Athlone. We had Egan's from Boyle. Yeah. And we dealt with them all. Yeah. Because we sold a lot of bread then. So you're well serviced by all the different yeah. bread people. Yeah. And what about the milk? I believe there's a bit Not, of a story. No, we didn't sell any milk then because the, more, the milk was more or less serviced with local cows around the place. Ah, right. How much did a customer pay for uh, products like sugar, flour, milk and bread in the 1970s? There must have been some difference two, in price. Two, two and eightpence, I think, for a pound of butter. Uh-huh. A pound of washing soda was twopence. A pound of bread soda was fourpence. Now it's two, it's two euros or something like that, so it is. I know we, we talked about the changes you would have seen over yeah. the years in Castle Rhee, but there must have been a lot of changes you've seen in shops uh, over the years. And the way, the way different regulations come in or whatever... Of course, um, it evolves on you and you don't notice those changes coming in, so you don't. Mm-hmm. You sort of grow into them unaware of yourself, un- un- unannounced, if you're, I like to put it. Can you tell me a bit about the market furs that happened in Castle Rhee during the 1960s and 70s? Oh, that place would be for that market on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. That market square would be full up on a Saturday morning. You'd hear the carts coming up at 7 and 8 o'clock in the morning, coming yeah. from Williamstown, Lockley and all over the place. And if we hadn't all our stuff out in the street, our wares, you wouldn't get them out with yeah. the crowds that used to be around. And when did that run up to, the markets? Wait till I think now. 
I suppose, be 30 years ago, anyhow, maybe. 30 years? Yeah. yeah be 30. Yeah. And do you think uh, that there... Hay, hay and turf and potatoes, turnips, everything, you could buy it on the square there. Yeah. Do you think some of these big uh, multiple stores and all that are put an end to all that they kind did, of thing? They did, they finished they did. all that. They finished the whole lot of it. Mm. Yeah. It's a sorry state of affairs to it see is, it. It is, you know. And then um, we had the turkey markets and, 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 um, uh, around Christmas, yeah. from the end of, end of November to Christmas. Yeah. And then we had pig fairs every week, or not every week, every month, and cattle fairs once a month. So it was a very busy town. Sure it was. It was yeah. a great town then. And was the market good for business? Oh, sure it was. It brought a lot of people. We were up beside it. Yeah. And then confessions on a Saturday night. The whole country would be in for confessions. Yeah. And we'd be open up at 11 o'clock maybe at night time. And we mightn't have our wares in off the street until then. Yeah. But the picture has changed. Mm-hmm. I noticed you today and when I came into the store, you're behind the till and before our interview... You brought in the stuff. Um, you brought in the, your displays outside, and you've got a lot of them on wheels and all this here. Uh, first of all, you're very active still in the run the business. Oh, that's, no bother, yeah. Yeah, that's to be seen. Sure. But I, I can tell you, you run faster than a lot of young ones that I know. <laughs> you get on the habit of it, and you keep it up. Yeah. And while you're able, you do those things. Uh-huh. Some get it into their heads, they come up to a certain age, eh? I'm getting on now and I want to be more careful and this and that, but I don't go down that road. No? No, no. What do you love about working in the business here? It never occurs to me to be accurate. No? I mean, you just get up and you start and you do what you have to do and you do what you know you have to do, and mm. although it doesn't occur to you. It's just part of your life. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. In relation to local customers, uh, I believe you used to run a tab book. Oh, sure, uh, in accounts. Uh, accounts book uh, uh, and record of weekly bills. Uh, does that system still exist? No, or? no, no, that's gone. That's gone. The superstores put an end to that, so they did. Yeah. And in terms in terms of things like tills and all that there, uh, um, you've seen a lot of changes in tills over the years. Uh, they've went from kind of a different style of till up to these modern kind of tills and that. Of course, there was the old mechanical cash register. Yeah. So there was. Do you and still there was always in tr- there always one of them in trouble. There yeah. always something wrong with them. And the scales, the same thing. The mechanical scales. I remember when we changed the scales from the what did the old pound shillings and pence into the present weights. Yeah. Give two thousand pounds for a scale then, that'd be forty years ago or so. And it was an awful price. Yeah. And it didn't last that long because we would sell a lot of salt cured bacon. And the salt got down into the works of the scale, and that put an end to it. Yeah. Now you can buy a scale for a few hundred euros. Yeah. It's a long way from £2,000 40 years ago. But are they built to last? Oh, they do last. Well, they the do present la- ones last way longer. Yeah? Yeah. Ah, right. right. So you wouldn't be going back to no, the, no, the old no. tilt? No, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. The way of that one, in many years is there. Has owning a business changed much since your time? Like I said, you don't yeah. notice, you know. It just creeps in. You evolve into the thing. Mm. And you don't, you don't, you're not aware, like. Yeah. It's yeah. the same old thing. Yeah. But there was a lot more manual work long ago, you know. Speaking to you, you've such a positive attitude and such a determination 
uh, there and it's a, it's a great thing to see uh, and the fact that when I ask you about things like do you, do you think about uh, what do you love about a business the business and that that you just it just becomes part of you you just do it and all that there you don't question uh, or think at all I think some of the pr- problems these days uh, there and I'm only speaking from what I think yep. uh, there is that a lot of people are so self-reflective about where they are in life and what they should be doing in life and what they're achieving in life and all that there whereas you just focus on look it has to be done I have to go do. and do it sure 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 <laughs> and in some ways that helps you that it's not that you don't want to think about these things you've just got so many things on too many things uh, that you don't yeah. try yeah, there's no room for thinking no no. you just have to keep going no. you there's have ten to. hives of honeybees down at the back they have to be looked after you produce your own honey we here we do sure yeah and how many jars of honey would you produce in a year well so up to a good few years back now before the, the, a disease came in the bees about 25 years ago and swept the lot of them mm-hmm. we do a thousand jars of honey every year wow thousand one pound jars that is some achievement. That was some achievement, so it was. That is definitely some achievement. 1989, we had 1,734 one-pound jars of honey, three-quarters of a ton of honey. And do you deal with the hives yourself? Sure. A sure. Ja- you're a jack-of-all-trades, then. Uh, you can do the shop, and you can do the hives, sure. and sure. all this here. Yep. Um, how did you get into uh, selling fishing gear in your business? No, good, good question. Because I know you told me earlier that you don't do fishing yourself. No, no, uh, no, no direct interest in it either. No. Yeah. Even to the present day. Uh-huh. But it's a big thing. Yep. Now, but the, but the lads work with the sea or the sea, had the knowledge of that. Uh-huh. And I don't. And yeah. it's sort of, it, it evolved and we put it, built it up and up. So it's having the right people around you that know to have the it knowledge. It is, it is. Yeah. Key cutting too is another thing. Yes. Cutting keys. And there's a skill to that. Oh, of it's course not, there is. It's not that anyone can come along and just cut the keys. No, no, you no, 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 no. Tom, if we just turn to another section of the store, the newspapers. What's your earliest memories of how much a newspaper cost? Oh, oh. The Irish evening press came out at a half a penny one time. Yeah. A half a penny. Half a halfpenny. Half a penny. When that came out first. Yeah. And then it went up and up and up, and you know the price they are today, uh-huh. up into, into euros. Yeah, that's an interesting thing too, because I know uh, anyone that sells newspapers and that, the trade on newspapers has kind of dwindled over the years now. Well, it ha- no, we, we always sold very little newspapers. Mm-hmm. If we don't call ourselves a news agent at all. We, we get a number of heralds, maybe 20 or 30 heralds there every week. That It's funny that you say that he's... You don't uh, call yourselves a news agent. What would you describe? What would you describe your store as? Good, good, <laughs> que- good question. <laughs> a huckster show. Mix them gather and mix them gather of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's a good thing too. I suppose because if you're if you're looking for anything, you're going to find it here. Sure, sure. <laughs> you're going to find it, and I even see. Uh, I turned up a bit early for our, our interview tonight and I seen you serving a customer. And the way you go out of your way after to accommodate customers and sometimes they mightn't have the most straightforward request after and 
some of their requests they wouldn't get in uh, a big supermarket or whatever at um, I, I know one customer came in the night and he needed just one battery yeah and you were straight out with a pocket knife and you cut open the packet and you sold them one battery you wouldn't get that there in uh, some of the big uh, stores and all that not, there. not, not necessarily no. no 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 and if they have we haven't we try and tell them where they would get it uh-huh and maybe make a phone call to someone that fired them and sort yeah. do our best to sort them out anyhow one way or the other yeah. and that's i feel that's a level of customer service that people can't replicate. People can't copy what you do. Well, that's a boys. Yeah, sure. We're a bit different, so yeah. yeah. What you do is 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 unique to your business. It is, and it's what makes your business great. It's a boys. It's a boys. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, Tom, just turn into your yourself a second. What are your own hobbies? With the music. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you have a degree in uh, music. Oh, yeah, I studied long ago for the piano. I done up to a, a piano a piano teaching degree long ago. Yeah. But I never followed it up now. now that's about, all oh, 1960s, 1950s, 1960s, after I left school. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't think of bringing a wee piano in here after and doing a few tunes during the day? No, no, Jeannie, no, 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 no. I'm chancing my luck now, haven't I? I've I've lacked practice now, so I have, and I'd want to up it again. I I also believe that you're in the Castlereagh Marching Band. That's right. When did you join that? 1953, about. Yep. And that's just your love of music. Well, of course, I knew the music then going in, so I hadn't to learn any written music or anything. It was only a matter of learning to play the Yorks in the band. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you're still in the Castlereagh Marching Band to That's this right. day. That's right. Still an active member. Yeah. 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 That's a long time ago, and now so it is. It must be a great outlet to, to go it, out and play music. Well, it is, I suppose. Yeah. That's part of our culture, to entertain people and play music. And no, and I, those before me played too. I had, I had an aunt, an aunt in America now with sister and mothers, and she had a doctorate in music. She was a nun. Yeah, and, and my mother played the piano, and her sister played the piano, and we couldn't avoid being following up, so we couldn't get into music. So music running your family? Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Tom, what instruments did you play? With the piano, the violin, the trumpet. That would be about it. Well, then there's there's the other instruments in the band that I have a half half a knowledge of. Yeah. I know the works of them now, but I don't practice them. And I believe you still teach people a wee uh, bit of music. in the band, yeah. Yeah. Anyone that comes in, we'll, I teach them. Uh-huh. Anything other than, I don't do reeds now, don't do clarinets or saxophones, because mm-hmm. I don't know anything about them. Yeah. But any of the brass stuff, no bother. Yeah. Yeah. I also hear too, I've, I've done my research on this interview, yeah. after that you went to the States a number of years ago. We did a uh-huh. number of times, we were three or four times over there. Yeah. And what part of the States did you go to? Newark. Just tell me, it's about 20 miles from New York. Ah. It's flooded at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you first went out to the States, what surprised you the most about out there? To see the policemen with guns. I couldn't, uh, I thought, it made you feel creepy. Yeah. 
with a different type of place altogether. Just makes you feel a bit uncomfortable when you sure, see it. Sure, yeah. sure. I thought, Jenny, this is a different setup altogether mm. than we knew. But the volume of traffic and the whole thing was a, a fascination, so it was. Yeah. Yeah. And did you do much travelling yourself? Not really. Not in. No. Not other. Not other than went went with the band now. Uh-huh. I'd never think of going on holidays or anything like that during the year. No. <clears throat> never occurred to me. Do you regret that? Is it something you'd like to do? You'd like. Uh, Going out to winter, even a bit of sun in winter, or no? When you don't know anything about those things, or hasn't hasn't ever been there, you yeah. don't know any different, and you can't regret what you don't know about. Exactly, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe, uh, going back to your own family too, that uh, your sister was one of the first uh, to join the Garda. She That's right, sister of mine. Yeah, she was uh, the second round of the Bangardi. I'm sure your family were so proud out uh, there for. Or joining up and well, it was certainly something different. Yeah, we had the first cousin in the garrison who was a detective. Yeah, we have a fairly deep root in the garrison, so we have. Yeah. Uh, suppose there's a worry there too when one of your family uh, joins up with a garda, at or what kind of what kind of area they could be stationed in, or what kind of problems or. She was in Store Street, and she only done the city, you know. Yeah, it was different then. Yeah. It was more straightforward, it wouldn't be as complicated as the present day. And she was a great athlete then for the running and the jumping and all this in those years. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, um, do you intend, Tom, to run the business up to your 100? Oh, I don't think like that at all. No? No, no, I only think of the present day. Live in the moment. Yeah, sure, sure. There's no tomorrow, because tomorrow never came yet. Uh-huh. Uh, is that one of the secrets to your success? That you do, you you do live in the moment. You do just enjoy what you're doing, and you do. Yeah, is there not? Is there a better way? I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think you've kind of nailed it. Uh, there, so, I think it's yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a far better way. There's only one um, day, and that's the day that's in it. Uh huh. Yeah. I think if you think about your problems too much, you everyone has problems. But if oh, you so think about too have, much, we all have, and we start to push them to the side. Yeah, we keep the sunny side out. Deal with them yourself, with you know, without telling anyone. Yeah, yeah. When you do retire, would you like to see the business continue? What would you like to see? Good question. I never didn't know. I haven't consulted it. Mm. No. Yeah. Or confronted it. No, mm-hmm. it didn't occur to me because. Sometimes you can't solve those things just on the yeah. day. Uh-huh. I suppose why I ask that too is yeah. because the business is a landmark in the town. Well, I suppose, you're, yeah. You're known far and wide across the county and <laughs> sure. uh, sure. different other parts of Ireland. Sure, uh, sure. And it, sitting here again, it's no wonder why. It's a great place, an absolutely great place. Okay, so Tom, you're also joined by Danny today. Uh, I think he's come as a wee bit of a double act. <laughs> and uh, Danny, how long have you known Tom for? I've known Tom Flynn all my life. We went to school together. We went to the convent school, the brother school together. And we certainly, we know one another for a long time. And I've been in the band with him since 1993. Yeah. And uh, I have to say... It's a pleasure to be here in Tom Flynn's shop. And I'm so delighted that Ross Radio decided to come down to interview Tom Flynn because Tom Flynn is not alone a, a, a legend in this town of Castlereagh. He's a gentleman to the, to the toes, to his toes. He's a gentleman. Uh, he's done an awful lot of work for 
You know, you don't really know that half, the half of what he has done for the band here in Castlereagh, going back even since he started himself back in 1953. And he has travelled with the band on five or six occasions to the States, and he has also travelled with them to Manchester and London. But uh, certainly he's one of the best lads you could know around Castlereagh. And the one thing about Tom is this. Tom is known fair near. You were right there, Jim, when you said Tom's mm -hmm. business is known fair near. It's known all over the world, Tom Flynn's is. And Tom is known all over the country. Mm -hmm. And everybody that comes here, let it be from Athlone, Dublin, it doesn't matter, Northern Ireland, it doesn't matter who comes down here, Tom is always a great welcome for them. And believe it or not, Reason enough, a lot of people come here. I used to see people coming here, and I don't from different places. They come here to get it. You saw it yourself, yourself and Margaret in the shop here. You see today what's available to anybody. You won't get anything like, and as well as that, you won't get the friendship. Now you just caught him when he's on his own, but he has staff here that works as well. His sister helps out here as well during the shop, the shop as well, and uh, he has Kenneth and he has John, no two other lads, but. Uh, he works hard, and Tom did work very hard in his young days because he's only telling you half of the things that he done. He worked very hard here in the yard with the business with his dead dad and his mother, God rest them. But I'd just like to say, Jim, I couldn't say enough for Tom. He's a perfect gentleman, and I'm delighted, so delighted, that you came down here to interview him this evening here in Castlery. What do you remember about Tom, Danny, when you were at school? Well, he said a few minutes ago there, that uh, when you asked him about trains, he was, he was, he was, what he was, what he was going to be, what he was going to be after leaving school. He said he'd like to have been an engine driver on the the trains. Well, believe it or not, when we were going to the Maris Brothers School down here in Castlereagh, uh, us, Tom would be the engine, and we'd be going, we'd be going around the school, and we'd be all after him. He would play in trains. <laughs> so I remember that's one thing I always remember about him, Tom Flynn. But I can never forget his friendship, and that's yeah. important. And we're neighbours as well, up the street. Yeah. And he is a great neighbour. Indeed, anybody here in Castlebury will tell you that. Or he's, certainly he's great, no doubt about it. Well, how would you describe the shop, Danny? Oh, it's a very unique shop indeed. Tom described it there himself. You know, when uh, they had the bear here, this half, there was a bear here and uh, grocery. They did a big business. His father, there's, there's a lot of shop boys worked here. There were two yardmen worked here. And the, the, there was a lot of shop boys here as well. And there was a bookkeeper bookkeeper here at the time and I think that time you had the sliding had you the sliding thing for the, the, the no 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 you that, never that no. that the bookkeeper here so that that time it was a big business so it was here and you know of course Castlereagh was a great town in those times you know then you had no big supermarkets or valid and the big stores like that at the time but uh, you know then as you said about the fairs here people coming in the fair but you had big employment here as well you had the mental hospital you had the post office you had the banks you had the guards and and you had the land commission office and all them. And of course, all those people were living in town that time. The guards were living in town. The, the male nurses, the female nurses were living in town. And they were all spending in town. You see, that day is gone now. They all, they're all travelling from their own places to the, even for work now, even mm -hmm. such as the prison here as well in Castlebury. Yeah. 32 girls on the telephone sound there. We had, we had a, I was a postman myself for, for 43 years. Mm -hmm. And Tom's sister was a telephonist. And we had 32 telephones down there, uh, male, uh, female, and we had uh, 12 male working round the clock seven days a week, 24 hours, all, all manual. 
at the time. And they're all gone. They all live down there. Then you had Dyer's Bakeries. They had big employment here as well. That's all gone. But like, don't, I'm not, we won't want to paint the town doom and doom. Mm -hmm. Our little town is very good and very prosperous at the present moment. And it's doing very well in, mm -hmm. when you compare it to other towns. And certainly we're very proud of it. And we're very proud of Tom Flynn. Yeah. Th th thank you, Danny, for saying that there. On that there, like, I've came down here... Um, I moved down here with my wife 15 years ago and I remember coming to Castlereagh 15 years ago and we're going around and we're looking at different places and since then anytime I visit the Castlereagh it's always improving yeah. it's always improving and that can't be said about some places out there but it can definitely be said about Castlereagh it's always improving it's on an upward tra trajectory thank god. Uh, thank god and it's great to see it but there's a great sense of community here and um, when a community comes around together and gets around businesses and supports businesses and all this here everything flourishes everything kind of improves and everything kind of grows out uh, there Tom is there anything you would like to say to your customers listening or that out there? Not, not in particular, <laughs> no. no. What would I have to say? Only thank them. Uh -huh. Thank them for their custom. Yeah. Most important thing of all. Yeah. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. Well, do you know what? Um, I've really enjoyed coming to Castlery here today. I've really enjoyed looking around your shop. Yep, thank you, I thank you indeed. I have loved having the chat with you, Arthur. Um, I think uh, that you're a man that's definitely going to go on, touch wood, for years upon years to come. A while yet, and, another while yet. And it's, it's great to see, it's great to see you doing well. It's great to see the lovely shop that you have built up. Thank and you, thank you, yeah. You, your staff and your sister and that are in helping out with. Arthur, it's absolutely great to see all those things. And I wish you many, many, many more years of success, great health, Arthur, and happiness. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank okay. you indeed. Cheers. Thank you. Ross FM 94.6, your community radio station for all your job vacancy adverts. Have you got job vacancies you want to advertise for unbeatable prices? Then look no further than Ross FM 94.6, for your job vacancies which will be aired on the Business Hour show every Thursday between 5 and 6pm. Contact us today via email info at rossfm.ie to have your job vacancies on air. The job section on Ross FM 94.6 is kindly sponsored by PhotoMe. For all your self-service vending machines, why not check out photo-me.ie that is www.photo-me.ie Hi, Jim McCausland here, presenter of the Business R Show on Ross FM. Just dropping by to let you know the Business R Show airs every Thursday from 5pm to 6pm on Ross FM 94.6. To listen in, visit rossfm.ie forward slash live or download my weekly podcast from anchor.fm forward slash the business R show text your questions and comments to 083 85 99 
748748 or info at the business or show supporting local and international business through local radio. Revolution Laundry, the self-service 18kg Revolution Laundry machine can wash and dry your bedding, curtains, outdoor furniture, throws, car covers or mats for as little as 10 euro. We are located all across Ireland in mainly large supermarkets and forecourts. Find your nearest Revolution Laundry machine on our website www.revolutionlaundry.ie Don't miss out on our Facebook giveaway to win a week worth of free washing. Revolution Laundry is partnered with Tesco, Circle K, Supervalue, Apple Green and independent sites. Our machines are for domestic use only. 